Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Off Menu Podcast, kneading the dough of conversation, sprinkling in the chocolate chips of humour, rolling out with the rolling pin of great guys, and using the biscuit cutter of fantastic, wonderful friends, baking in the oven of nice, fun, and having a cookie of a podcast. Oof. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> the best one I've ever done. Yeah, flawless. Can't, can't, can't uh, pick out anything wrong with that. No, no. I gave myself too many elements there. Yep. Uh, I thought at the beginning you were going to do like a pan of chocolat. I no. thought that's where we were going. You were making a pan of chocolat, and I was like, oh, is he, he going to say podo castellar? Okay, you can't come for me, and then that's what you've got as a backup. I think that was pretty good. Podo castella? Yeah, like a pot of chocolate. Absolute. Pot of chocolate, but it's a podcast. You're not a punster, are you? Pot of chocolate. Tim Vine did say that. Pot of Tom. Tim Vine did say that. Tom Vine. Tom Vine. That's a pun on. That's a pun on Tim Vine. Tom Vine. Short for tomato vine. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Tomato on the vine. Let's let's just agree to disagree. We're both great comedians. Pot of castella. Podcastler, the cookie cutter of great fun friends. Yeah, we've done pretty well there on the Off Menu podcast with Ed Gamble and James Ancaster, where we invite a celebrity guest into the Dream Restaurant and ask them their favourite ever start and main course, dessert, side dish, and drink. Not in that order. And this week, our guest is Jamie, Jamie Oliver. Oliver. Jamie Oliver, legendary chef. I mean, food man. You know, He's I, done so much. I throw the term national treasure around a bit on this podcast. Yes, yeah, sue me. I'm going to say Jamie Oliver's a national treasure. He is. Uh, I watched Naked Chef as a teenager. It was the most comforting show on TV. And I think he has maintained that vibe throughout his career. I find a lot of the Jamie Oliver shows and the cookbooks quite comforting. They're warm, Ed. They're they warm. warm. They are warm. And he's got a new book, James, which I'm very excited about. It's called Jamie Oliver Together 
and it is out now. It's just come out. We're getting the hot exclusive on this. And they're like full meals in there, start a main course dessert, just like this pod. It's yes. just telling you, if you have your friends around for dinner, and this, these are the courses you can make for everyone. There's loads of cocktails mm. at the but, back as that well. That is true, actually. I've just realised that. He's gone with the off-menu format of starter We're suing him. dessert. So We're that's suing a, him! I'm, I'll read it. Maybe in the back he says, shout out to the off-menu podcast for coming up with the starter main and dessert format. Yes. So we're going to sue him. Yes. See you in court, Jamie. And we're in a good place to start the legal proceedings because we're in Jamie Oliver HQ today to interview Jamie. We are. He's welcomed us into his HQ, even though we're about to slap him with a subpoena. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to get him with a subpoena when he comes in here. But like, we're in like a room that's like half of it is a kitchen that is made for filming and the rest of it is a studio. But downstairs is a big open plan kitchen, people cooking food. There's offices of people testing out food, trying It's a very food. exciting place to be. Yeah. It feels like I'm, Joe, what? I'm, I'm in the hub. Yeah. That's what I feel like. I'm in the hub here. And it's going to be very awkward when we have to kick Jamie Oliver out of his own hub. Yes. If he says the secret ingredient. That would be a massive shame. We feel pretty bad about it, but I think we're pretty safe this week. And maybe people be annoyed that we're about to choose this as a secret ingredient because it's always an ingredient that we don't like. And yes. If they choose it, we kick them out. But everyone will know that there's no way Jamie Oliver's going to choose this one because he's gone on record saying he doesn't like it himself. Secret ingredient this week is turkey, turkey twizzlers. Turkey twizzlers. Okay, come on. Get off our back, guys. Of course, very much the, very much the figurehead for the bad school dinners that um, yep. Jamie took a stand against all those years ago. Yeah, and uh, good on him. Good on him. Good on him. He had the, the, the health of the nation's youth and guess in, in what? mind. When I was a little boy, I loved turkey twizzlers. Yeah, but you did. But you, I bet you put a, a big pile <laughs> of turkey twizzlers. Called it meat spaghetti. Did you? Put them all together, <laughs> yeah. meat spaghetti. Slurp it up. Spaghetti and meatballs. I put one in my mouth and I go around to the, the girls... And I'd say, suck the other end, well, Lady in the Tramp with a turkey twizzler. Did you say that while you had the turkey twizzler in your mouth? Yeah. 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 The thing is about that, I don't know if you're joking or not. I don't know if you're making that up. You do. I, I, I went to a it. boys' school. Oh, yeah. So you said it to the boys. <laughs> I said it to my French teacher. Yeah. Excuse me, Mish. <laughs> no, you just said, Pardonnez-moi. Pardonnez-moi, madame. <laughs> you want to petit bijou for Ed? <laughs> she, she was impressed that you were giving French a go, so I said, Oui. Oui, oui, Edouard. We ran away together. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Nice end to the story. Yeah. Some stories have nice endings here on the Off Menu podcast. Ed ran away with his French teacher who he did a lady in the tramp with a turkey twizzler with. That's very, that's very nice. <laughs> but if Jamie says turkey twizzlers, he's out of here. Yep. Sorry, Jamie. It's uh, going to be Desolé. logistically quite hard. Uh, just with désolé, Jamie. Yes. Uh, let's crack on with it, shall we? Yeah, very excited. Not often we get a chef. We've had two in a row. Two in a row. Ainsley last week, Jamie Oliver this week. Let's see. What is the dream menu? Sorry. The off-menu menu. What, what bit do you do? You this say the is the off-menu menu, menu of Jamie, Jamie Oliver. Oliver. Welcome, Jamie, to the Dream Restaurant. I love your restaurant. <laughs> Welcome, Jamie Oliver, to the Dream Restaurant. We've been expecting you for some time. Here we are. <laughs> now, re- this is a rare occurrence in the Dream Restaurant. We are actually... Some, somewhere that you normally are. We're yeah. in your HQ. Yeah. So yeah. the decor is literally 
you know, it might be how you have your well, dream restaurant Well, this is a studio, anyway. so it's one side normal and then three sides a bit odd. Yeah. White. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this is where I work. Fully functioning kitchen there. Thank you. Do you. So do you, are you not normally mobile? Are you normally in a central place? No, we've been about... We've been about. We've been about, yeah, but not normally with such sort of specific decor to the person we're interviewing. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Like, so really you're on my turf. Do you, does that, really is that feels a problem? Like that, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It feels like this was a real power play from you. I promise it's not a power play, but it definitely was a diary play, yeah, probably. Sure. So. <laughs> it's kind of amazing, this place, though. We walked in, there's a fully working kitchen downstairs. We came yeah. just after That's lunch, it. which was disappointing. Mm. Huge office, everyone working yeah. here. Obviously, chuffed beyond belief to be working here yeah. because they get an amazing lunch every day. They do. Mm-hmm. It's great. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm lucky. I mean, it's taken me 20 years to get organised, yeah. just so you know. <laughs> like, the journey to here, we only got here three years ago. Yeah. That is 17 years of, like, busking it yeah. and crappy offices and, like, nicking the desk here and there. And, and I got to a point where I thought, actually... More so from the creative side, like if you can get creative people in one place and you're creating opportunity for like corridor meetings and sharing ideas and stuff. But if you ever around at 12 o'clock, I'm not just saying this, come in. Like there's always a bit of grub. (laughs) You're going to regret that. Also, when we walked in, because you're met with that big open kitchen when you walk in downstairs and there was, was clearing up from after lunch and there was a little boy, probably primary school age, and he was just sifting through a tray of corn on the cobs. Yeah. And I was like, that's the next Jamie Oliver. <laughs> that's what I thought to myself. I was like, I could be looking at the next Jamie Oliver. <laughs> it could be. Now, I don't remember seeing this. I saw boy. a little boy. You saw a yeah. little boy, Benito? He's shaking his head. This doesn't look good. <laughs> I, in my head, there was a little boy. No, there was a little boy. That's actually <laughs> right, okay. one yeah. of our team's son. He's, he's, he's working, but like... There's no one to look after the kids at home. So we... Right. A lot of our team here are parents. So I think, like, I've tried to work out, like, what does a good bo- boss look like? And, yeah. And so that's one of the things a good yeah. boss has to do in this day Bring and age. Bring him in, let him sift well, through the, you know the cobs. Yeah. Have you got kids, you two? No. no. It's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I've heard. This and is why I don't it's, have kids. It's, it's amazing, but hard. And, and I think just, like, sometimes the simplest things make you feel like the world's caving in, like you just can't do yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's literally things like, I've got no one to look after. So bring them in. Yeah. We love it. And, um, and so it happens fairly often. But yeah, I, my, my dad totally, because I grew up in a pub and dad's a proper old-fashioned graft, like put your hours in. But like people can come and go when they want. They can work from, even before COVID, they could work from home Monday, to, uh, Monday Fridays. Um, and my dad was so worried. He's like, you'll never get any work out of them. But it, I think in this day and age, like, people just, like, they'll put the graft in if yeah. people are flexible. Yeah. So I've never wanted kids either. But lately, the corn and the cob in my house has been quite disorganised. <laughs> and now a, I'm thinking... Is this a euphemism? Maybe I could, maybe I could have a kid... Yeah, sift through your corn on the cob. Organise that corn on the cob. Yeah. For organisational reasons. Yeah, just, like, do a lot of admin for me. That kid doesn't seem like a hard worker. Downstairs. Are you quite an organised person in the kitchen? Do you have, like, everything in, like, the right drawers and lined up in the right way? Yeah, so I think I've got it all in the places where, at least I know where it is, and it makes sense to me. I used to work in kitchens growing up, and I know that I don't have strictly everything in the right place. If I was in a, like, you know, a, a pub kitchen, it would probably be in the wrong place. But I know where everything is. Makes mm-hmm. sense. And I like to get everything chopped up and ready before I make something. Oh, you're one of those. Okay. One of those yeah, people. interesting. So I think I'm organising that. And I, and I yeah. don't like it when the, even though I do leave the washing up most what of the time. What does your sock drawer look like? That's quite good, actually. Do you that's fold all, them up and like, put them in a the line? And they're they, balled up. Are they colour-coded? 
They're not colour coded. Yeah. They're all there balled up. And I, I used to do it. I don't know how yours looks, but I used to do it balled up, but with a bit like the tongues hanging out. Oh. You know that one? Wow. Where they're balled up, but that's like not completely balled up. Not in perfect. That's how balls. I do it. Yeah, so like t- two little. Together at the end, but then two little. Two little tongues. Almost like a little pair out. of trousers. Wow. Yeah. But now I've got fully balled up because for a while. My flatmate, he'd always like you know fold all the clothes up because he, he was there for he was more organised than me. That's cute. And he'd completely ball my socks up. And you didn't like the tightness. It felt like a bit of an invasion of pride. I was like, that's yeah, my yeah, socks, yeah. and you're kind of completely balling them up. But, it's too, it's, but now it's what I do. Yeah. Now I can't stand it when, when well, they're flapping out. Um, I had a revelation with mm-hmm. boxer shorts. Yes. Have you ever heard the brand Saks? No. S A X X. Right. Like so. Look, if yeah. one could give one like a gift, yes. like, yeah. Like, that, that, I'm not even joking, right? So, and I'm not, I have no relationship with the company at all. This, I think you're about to. I had, well, I, I had I, the crew who we use, we had this moment, like, have, what are you wearing? They all pull up their little bits, Calvin Klein or something. <laughs> but, and, I, and I, like, you know, I bought them all sacks. Yeah. It's, if you want to have your balls cradled by an angel. Yes. All day. Who doesn't? Every day. <laughs> yes. Um, they have, this is the truth, TM, ballpark technology. <laughs> I'm gonna sh- before you leave. Yeah. I'm gonna. I've got some downstairs. I'm gonna okay. show you. So I'm not gonna give you them, mm, but I'm wow. gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna but I, it, so if someone said to them, "What's Jamie like as a boss?" They'd say he makes us all wear the same pants. Yeah. Well, I don't have many men in the company. Yeah. Uh, we're like 85% ladies, so yeah. that wouldn't work. But um, for the men that are here, I have tried to not. I'm not trying to get them onto sacks because mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I'm pushing like a cool brand. Yeah. It's got nothing to do with cool. And actual fact, every they're not that cool to look at. Yeah. Yes. I don't think. But ballpark technology. But, but ballpark. Ugh. I'm so, not even joking. Do you ever no. call people? It's like do you if, call if you were saying what's the one, one of the biggest revelations in the last two years, <laughs> yeah. it's that. Yeah. yeah. So if you're a fella listening to this, mm. if you don't believe me, then just try it because your eyes will go, and then that is it. But yeah. then it, also, if you're a woman listening to this and you want to get your fella a present for Christmas Facts. or birthday, honestly. You should get call new male employees into the office and say you're going to give them the sacks. How do we get onto this? Oh, socks, yeah. socks. Socks yeah, well, okay, and socks. On, on socks, though, what's your strategy? Do you consciously buy them or you just get value things? Or At the minute, I need to buy new socks. I'm aware of it and I keep on thinking in my head. How Come do you on. split up the, the thoughts of sports socks versus like going out looking fair? Oh, very clever. I don't do sports. So that's how I get around that. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, and I don't sport, go out. I wear fair. sports socks the whole time. Oh, yeah? Most of the Ed time. Ed never I wear knows me, might need to run away. Yeah. Ed's always, always on the run. Got to be, yeah. I wear ch- yeah tube Light socks feet. a lot of the time, to be honest. Okay. I just kind of wear M&S socks, old man socks. Yeah. M&S is not to be shunned, though, is it? Well, I'm quite keen on M&S pants. What about sacks, though? Yeah. You can't abandon sacks. Not for I men. Think, not for yeah. men. Female. Right. I'm not into oh, okay. trendy female knick knocks. No. Uh-huh. Nah, nah. <laughs> just give me like clean, fresh, like utilitarian pants from Marks and Spencers. I'll yeah. take that. I don't know. Yeah. Have you been to Asian Provocateur? I've done lots of presents there. <laughs> Yeah. Why, why? How did? Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't no, ask no, us how I got Asian onto this. is amazing, but that that just that just all looks like it hurts. Yeah, faff, uh-huh. bit of a faff. You want to be comfy in life. Mm. We, we, we've watched you on TV over the you know, decades, and you're a man with a lot of empathy. And I imagine if you saw someone wearing underwear that you thought looked painful, yeah. you wouldn't be able to enjoy it for yourself. Yeah, especially if you're because, a chef in the kitchen yeah. and putting in a twelve-hour shift, and you're like, "Damn, that's going to hurt." Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, you can't have that. But it's a fashion thing as well, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Types of underwear. So socks. So you're methodical. So you've got a spice rack that's in order. 
No, no. Uh, so, you're, so, so okay, so your socks in the drawer with the bit hanging out doesn't correspond to how you treat your spice rack. So my spice keeps the spices in the sock drawer. Oh yeah, it's yeah. All pulled up in the socks it's and then they're all Delicious. No, so I've got like you know, um, I've got a cupboard, three shelves in the cupboard. Bottom shelf has got all the spices in there, uh, just in a random order, and I've got to kind of like peer over so that I can see the tops of them all. Oh, I see. And then there's stuff like you know. The, the, the certain ones that are all green tops and I can't see the labels on them and I've got to pull them out one by one and, and I do think a spice rack would be easier. Yeah. I quite like recycling jam jars for spice racks. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Little label on them? Yeah, I had a revelation when, like, when I was much younger in my first flat. Like, when you use a jam jar and you wash it up, uh, I had a simple shelf and I screwed the lid to the underneath of the shelf uh-huh. so that you just put the jam jars on so they float underneath. Oh, nice. Oh, and then good. put the ones on top. So oh. in a small amount of space, you can have like literally 30 spices and you can see it all. Great. And it's recycling. That's great. That's and so it's quick, quick release. That is yeah. cool. <laughs> favourite yeah. spice? My favourite. Yeah. Fennel seeds. Oh, Sally. Now. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my band word, is it? No, no it's no, not no, your band worry. one. It's been, it's been the one in the past because... James it's the one anything. food yeah. that I don't like. Yeah. Everything else I like. No, fennel, I get it, I get it. Fennel I wrestle with still. And I'm trying to get better at but it, the Jamie. seeds, do you hate the seeds? Yeah, so, no, I hate the So I've had, you know, the other day I had some fennel seeds in some red cabbage, pickled red cabbage with fennel seeds in them. And got, it pissed you I off. I ate it. I wasn't, but those, the, those, that element of it yeah, was no, like, ah, uh, I'd prefer it without it. But so like, that's interesting. I wouldn't have expected fennel here's seeds. The thing, here's the thing, right? So... All I would say, like, of course, personal preference, subjectivity and all that. Yeah. But there's some spices and herbs, let's say fennel seeds or bay leaf, where in recipes throughout hundreds and hundreds of years, you'll see like one or a tiny bit of that. Mm-hmm. And then you start saying, well, does it really make the difference? And, and what's the point? With both, like it, let's say with bay leaf or fennel, if you were to take like a loin of pork and put loads of bay and loads of fennel and salt and pepper and roast it hard and let it catch but don't overcook it and turn it and then hit it with vinegar like the magic happens so it's so what the point i'm making is like mm. there's some things that i'll just put a little bit of this and no 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 my point is like go big mm-hmm. yeah so like like whether it's fennel tea that's delicious that's really simple it's like like really just quite nice if you don't want to just smash coffees all day but you want something to give you or if you just want to like cook pork or chicken or a layer of a curry where it will disappear but so I, my, i'm not saying you won't still hate it but i do think like you just gotta go big mm-hmm. or go home with both of those things and yeah. there's other th- and you know that's my revelation anyway but each to their own i guess i love that that's your number one though it's a it's a big it's a yeah. big it's, it's, I don't think I would have guessed Well, it. I like it because no. it can go into the world of curries. It can go yeah. into all of the Mediterranean. It can get lost in things or it can own things. You can go poultry, meat, fish, gold. Um, and, but also you get the seeds dried, but you get the, the flour, you get the pollen, you get the bulb. Yeah. Like it's an, and, and it's so good for you. I just love fennel. But I hate, abs- I hate um, the aniseed and absinthe. Right. Probably because I had a, a hallucinogenic experience. Wow. Um, and I don't like it in um, whatever that um, shot is. 
um, Sambuca. Sambuca. Yeah, yeah, no, that's not horrible. good. But that doesn't. That was the that was the signature of every end of Bad Night, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? There's a very specific type of person who, when it hasn't been brought up at all, no one's been talking about it, but on a night out comes back and they haven't asked anyone yeah. with a tray of sambucas yeah. and you're like, you I hate those people. Yeah, yeah. No one's ever asked I don't one. like those people. I like yeah. that guy. Yeah, I would be tempted to hide laxative in their food yeah. just as a reprisal. Is that, is the, there should be a recipe in the new book. Together. For, together. <laughs> for those people, if those people are coming around, a secret recipe where Can you imagine? one you of just, the ingredients yeah. is laxative. It'd be like, you think you've all been invited here because I love you. <laughs> yeah. But it's actually, you've all done things in the last 10 years that deserve to be paid back. They look around and go, hang and, on, where are um, the people that bring yeah, they'll wake up a week later. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was looking yeah. through your new book, well, um, and I'm very excited about some of the... Recipes. I was Thank mainly you. flicking through and looking at the desserts because I don't really make. Uh-huh. I'm a big dessert fan, yep. but don't really make desserts at home. Yeah. So I was looking at a lot of them, and uh, the rhubarb and custard floating island is yeah. one that it's, I might give a go. It, yeah, it's quite old school, and a lot of people don't. It's not really in restaurants, and it's not really in takeaways, and it's delicious. Oh my god, mm. I love rhubarb. Eh? Yeah. But there's yeah. like, and and actually, everyone thinks obviously making meringue wherever you go, French, Swiss. Italian, they're all different styles, but like you just whisk it up and then you poach it in milk. Mm-hmm. It's like so fast. So I love all that. There's quite a lot of nostalgia in that book, mm-hmm. which is a nice thing. Why do you think, was it like a, a conscious thing that you wanted to make it more nostalgic? Because that's how you were feeling at the time. Every book I've written has a very clear point mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily for everyone, but without trying, like generally I'm solving a solution one year and then going on a kind of adventure the next mm-hmm. it doesn't always work out like that but they're very different books mm-hmm. and they're popular in different ways and like one's for more the mass people like answering a question and one's kind of more kind of geeky foodie and it's quite nice to do both because being in one or the other is kind of like not as exciting um but this one was kind of obviously sculpted by covid and lockdown and um and all the uh, emotions that we've all had, mm-hmm. I can presumptuously say we've all had, because we, yeah. we have. And, and it, that's about the concept of togetherness and like, all right, so yeah, the world's opening out again and restaurants and support your locals. And, you know, but at the same time, technology's never made it easier to get a takeaway. So you've mm-hmm. got the latest technology in one hand and then you've got the concept of that on the other. And it's not saying that that should replace that. It's, it's, it's just that people are actually scared of doing dinner parties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and I've never written, I've always, I've done lots of recipe books, but I've never written one which is about like, okay, like I've put a meal together. Here's a start of main course dessert. Here's some nibbles. Here's a cocktail. This is why I love it. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you have to follow it. Yeah. It's just giving you an intention. And I guess what I would want, and I kind of, is that you were like, well, I don't like fennel, so I won't do like that bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the, but the fact that I've said what I like to do is, like, helps you kind of get... And so I think, like, for me, like, the idea of creating memories in a moment, as romantic and cheesy as that sounds, is true because that's what we've all missed out on. Yeah, and actually, sure. um, we've learned lots, but actually everyone's got their COVID stories about mums mm. and dads and friends and aunties or kids or this. And, and um, so um, I've written this very differently, so you get ahead, which doesn't sound, like, radically different, but it's a totally different style of writing. Yeah. Um, so you get ahead so then you don't have to sit there slaving away in the kitchen when your mates come around you're kind mm-hmm. of focused on your mates having a laugh with good stuff just ticking away in the what background ab- what about if someone say not necessarily me quite likes having to go to the kitchen all the time so they don't have to interact with their well, guests could, is there yeah, anything in there for me yeah, no, you, but you just then you just default and, and have your own cocktail yeah. in there and that's or cool. just do it, so do it all ahead and then just sort of stand in the kitchen 
doing nothing. I think you've got the flexibility to be stuck in the kitchen. Right, great, okay. But, <laughs> but the way that I put it together is that you don't have to be bolted there. Like, do stuff now and then enjoy yourself later. But even cocktails, which I've presented yes. you with. Yeah, you've given us uh, a cocktail. Is this the first time a guest has made us something? It is. Really? Yes. But you're like, you're like years into this. No one's ever given you anything in all these years. No, but to be fair, we've, ne- we've never given a guest anything either. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Catherine sense. Ryan brought some uh, Pringles along with her, and we had, we had some of that, to be fair. Yes, Catherine Ryan did bring some Pringles, that's true. <laughs> Pringles. So uh, this is a jammy margarita. You mm. can batch this up, so you can do it the day before, the week before, whatever. But it's basically, you take your favourite jam, tequila and Cointreau, mm. lime, Stir it up, put it over ice. It's a great cocktail oh, to get things. What's yeah. quite nice is if you like another jam, then you just go for blackcurrant or blackberry. Mm-hmm. And, but um, I quite like cocktails. I, I find I, I was maybe I grew up in a pub, so theoretically, I guess a snowball was a cocktail. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I didn't really understand them until 20 years ago when I realised that a glass of something could be constructed to disarm the biggest arsehole on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, that kind of concept of like break glass in case of. <laughs> emergency it's kind of like no actually this is gonna work yeah. and, and the first one that i did was a sidecar i don't know if you've ever had mm-hmm. one of those but that's it's pretty strong and it works yeah <laughs> sometimes what i didn't want to do although i respect it deeply is like cocktail dudes have got so technical and talented over the years but mm-hmm. i don't want to give you a recipe for a stock syrup mm-hmm. that you've got to simmer away and put in a bottle and blah blah, blah and that you never like, use again what have you all got jam Great. So do a jam, you might, so you don't need the stock syrup. You yeah. Booze, booze, jam, lime. Mm-hmm. Great. And then um, get your taste buds going. That's super tasty. My first cookbook ever. 20 minute meals. Really? Yeah. Thir- 50, uh, 30 or 15, actually. But, uh, um, but I, I did an app that was 20. It's yeah. 15, but yeah. it's quite slow. Well, so, listen, yeah. I was 20 every time. Uh, <laughs> 15 minute meals, then it would have been. I, first time I moved out, that was the cookbook that I think was given to me. And Who gave I, it to you? I think my parents, uh, or my sister maybe, and I, I did a lot, did a lot of stuff in there. The one that I kept doing all the time, and that could uh, eventually I could do it from memory, was the meatloaf, and I'd yeah. make meatloaf all the time <laughs> for whoever. I would make a whole meatloaf. But how so good meatloaf is? Yeah. It was great. Yeah. I'd smash up the cream crackers, yeah, uh, with a rolling pin, in yeah. the, wrapped up in the tea towel. Make a meatloaf for everyone. I, I loved it, James. Is it me it's- sitting on the cover like that? Like looking all surly and serious? Uh, is it Ministry of Food? That sounds like a Ministry oh, of Food maybe recipe. It's Ministry of Food. I think it's man. Ministry of Food. Yeah, so it's mothership recipes. So yeah. you've got one recipe. Was there goes- a chapter in it that was 20 minute meals in yes. Ministry of yeah, Food? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, yeah, you, go. there, there you go. go. You weren't wrong. There you go. I was right and wrong at the same time. Yeah. Ministry of Food yeah. and like, ah, oh, yeah. I, I, I really like, because I. Well, when I moved to London, I was working in a school and I was doing comedy in the evening and I had this little gap in between those two things to have food. And so I was going straight to that cookbook. And can you night. eat before a gig? Because I've heard a lot of yeah. comedians say that, like, no, nah, I don't eat until after. And uh, I have very to... little respect for the craft. And so uh, <laughs> it was very easy for me to eat before a gig. The, the rice, uh, that was the first thing I made in that book. Probably the first meal that I made on my own in a kitchen. Really? Was uh, from that book. Was the, like, beef stir fry with the egg fried rice. And It's kind of a moment, really, isn't it? Like... It's you mean a lot to me, man. Oh, well, I'm grateful that your parents Connect- chose me. Connected um, to you They obviously now. thought that you were in good hands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How wrong they were. I can't believe you've finally made a cocktail that can disarm the biggest arsehole on the planet, Jamie. I mean, well, Consider I- me disarmed, <laughs> Jamie. <laughs> 
Uh, we always start with still or sparkling water on this podcast for your dream. Still, meal. I have always still. no respect for sparkling. It just just gives you wind. No respect. No, I mean like there is. I, I actually did a water tasting once. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if this is a random story, but um, I'm going to tell it anyway. So uh, when we opened 15 years ago, the, the the sun asked us to do like a water tasting, and my head sommelier, who's an amazing uh, Australian young contemporary cool sommelier but like deeply geeky but like cool with it and he'd have amazing conversations with customers just to get them the right wine they asked him to do a water tasting so i came into the office above the restaurant and he had his feet up and he was looking at the piece that he'd written about a water tasting of course it's like yeah it's a bit shit isn't it it's kind of like wine sommelier and you're doing a water taste so i just um walked in and just said only a wanker would have to do a water tasting you know, and give him a bit of abuse. And, um, and um, he, he goes, oh, my mum, he's on the phone. He goes, my mum's quite upset that he's so rude. But I didn't believe it, it was his mum. And then I had to pick the phone up and it really was his mum. Because oh. he's always, like, winding me up. I'm like, oh, no. And um, anyway, yeah. yeah. But that was all sparkling water from different places and yeah. mountains and naturally sparkling carbonated and... I still don't like it. Still don't, yeah. No, so even with that, and did, did you do the water taste and get talked through it and stuff? Yeah, it, like some's soft and some's hard. Yeah, it just, do you know what? Like, I quite like tap water. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's because it's free and that's more powerful than, yeah. than the nuances of... I don't know. I, I know that they're right, but I'm just happy to sort of just... Just a big glass of tap water yeah, is the best, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. and cold, cold water... On a hangover is one of the most beautiful things mm-hmm. in the world, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I love you. Would you like that for so, your dream meal? Would you like the water that gets brought out to you at the beginning to be cold water and for you to have a hangover? Uh, if yes, if the hangover only lasted yeah. until the end of the first sip, yeah, yeah. it just that's 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 just it. that relief that, that comes with the first sip of water and then the hangover goes. Yeah, yeah. But have you ever had that feeling when you you mm-hmm. feel so rough that you go, you look at the glass? Of alcohol or the bottle, and you go, I hate you more than life itself. <laughs> yeah. And then you look at the water and go, Ah, oh, yeah. I love you so much. <laughs> I really want like seven apple sprite when I'm hungover. Oh, really? That, yeah. That, so you that, need that, the that, sugar. Just, that just feels like, yeah, I, I really start to crave it and like I have to have it. Barocca always feels like some form of fun, mm-hmm. mainly because your pee goes luminous, but. Always fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it feels like, you know, it's working. Yeah. It, Whereas it's the opposite, isn't it? It's not, it's no, not working. Yeah. It's all the stuff coming back out. Yeah. Mm. yeah. If forever, from now until forever, your pee was one colour, but it can be any colour in the whole rainbow, any uh, colour in the world, what, what colour would you like to pee every single time? Good question. Thank you. <laughs> Good question. It's the most surreal question. I don't think I've asked anything so weird there. We big each other well, that, No, but that's yeah. amazing friendship. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> appreciate that on it yeah i mean the color of this wire which is a vivacious vivid blue yeah would be blue. a lot of fun and never get boring what would yours be i was thinking blue i was thinking like a, a wkd blue like mm-hmm. that kind of but the novelty would wear off straight away surely i think it would you'd have one day Down of doing to. a blue wee and then you'd be like well that's just what my wee looks like now but yeah. also going skiing would be fun mm-hmm. going skiing would be great fun yeah, yeah. Because then you get blue snow. Blue snow. Yeah, that'd be fun. I think but any other colour. Yellow's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. The fact mad. it's yellow is really mad. Mad. But if everyone's is yellow, then blue's more exciting, right? That's true. Yeah. You're the blue one. Yeah. I think anything else, people would think you were ill. So it's like, did you ever hear about the carrots? Go on. Go so on. like, what, co- <laughs> what colour are carrots? Orange. So, like, 
back in the day, the Dutch royal family, the House of Orange, uh-huh. like obviously technology, you know, limited X, Y, and Z. So their version of propaganda of how prolific the Dutch country farmers were was to take the original carrot that was purple and just turn it orange and make it so good and so prolific that the world's carrots went orange. What? So that was like one of the earliest forms, in my opinion, of like like edible propaganda. Yeah. So people think that carrots are orange, but that actually isn't. The original ones are those trendy ones you'll see at the farmer's market, yeah. which, are, oh. which are purple. And if you cut them in half, there's a little bit of orange in it. And it's that bit they bred for. So my point being that if everyone's got orange pea, yeah. or yellow pea, mm-hmm. and you bring out the purple, like, yeah. it kind of makes you feel smugly special. Yeah, yeah, than everyone. Yeah, than everyone. Will. Imagine going to a nightclub though, and you're all pissing up the urinal, and then you've got a streak of that coming out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Streak of the blue. Yeah, everyone's the like, "Who's that called?" The guy? guy by the soaps and the eau de toilette's gonna, gonna <laughs> blow his mind, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. How did you a chubba chub? Like, yeah. you okay? <laughs> <laughs> Suck on this yellow chubba chub, so we can <laughs> turn it back. <laughs> Pop it up, absorb bread. Pop it up, absorb bread, Jamie Oliver. Pop it up, absorb bread. Pop it dumbs through and through. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm a massive fan of. Papa Doms. Yeah. Uh, I have been lucky enough to travel to India and um, see them used in many forms. I also used to work in an Indian restaurant. What is coming in here? Some Papa Doms. Some Papa Doms. You, you knew, surprised us with that. Well, I knew you were going to say it. So this is... <laughs> you just, this, 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 just bought in a tray of this, that, that's Thank a, you very much. That's Jamie. a quarter of a Papa Dom that you know. Yeah. Here's a, I, I, know this I wanted to show you some other Papa Doms. So... Oh, mate. Um, when one of the nicest things... I did when I was much oh, younger. Is, um, I don't know if it translates. I mean, it does translate into your game because I'm sure you've done your fair share of comic gigs for nothing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the chef game, you call it a stage and you just go and work for a day a week, yeah. a month. And I've done loads of time in just different... It's a way of going to the kitchen to sort of see if you want to work there or if you can learn some things, but like they haven't got to employ you. So it's just like... So, but I went and worked in this Southern Indian restaurant called Raza and um, there's still one left in East London. And this is like a celebration poppadon, where so it's essentially ground dal, which is lentils, so mm-hmm. they're super healthy. So we know the round one. Yeah, yeah. This one is, the, is basically a, a batter that's got a mould in it, and it's dipped and shaken, and that's for celebrations. And also, like a lot of Brits, we eat poppadon as like a starter or crispy bits at the beginning, but actually that, it's the poppadon is a texture that would normally be kind of crushed sort of over your rice to give you that and you have it with part of the meal yeah mm-hmm. but this one obviously breaks up differently and they and, and but also you can pick it up and, and, and scoop up the so-, so that just to explain like this wow. is like a star shaped it's beautiful poppadom so this is why i love poppadoms mm-hmm. this one is the same but different spices piped out of the piping bag yeah straight in and then this one is a, a poppadom as you know it a, a, a slice of it but dipped in a spiced batter of the same thing right right right. and yeah. it gives it an outer coating so have a try wow, that thank you very Incredible. much it looks like a big dorito um, yeah and have a dip of this by the way like seriously like just i know i know you, i don't want to overtake the format but you might as well no, try no, something no, it's and it is free i'm not going to charge you for it <laughs> free, <laughs> free food the funniest thing to do to us at the end <laughs> yeah <please>. <laughs> <laughs> bring that's the bill in at the end that's great and the spicy batter isn't too overpowering either it's just a nice what? Spice to it. Yeah, because I think, like, in Kerala, they're, they're mainly vegetarian. They mm. eat fish, but they're, mm. like, so if they're having a curry every day and a rice every day, the, the things that really change often are the pickles 
and yeah. the types of poppadom. Yeah. Um, but also, if you look at that, this one, this is the piped out one that's got kind of like, I don't know how you describe it, it's like prickly, sort of wormy shape. Mm -hmm. But if you tip, if you, it, that shape sticks on all the sauce. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, oh, yeah, you get it's like a, a posh knickknack. Anyway, in this one as well. I hope you enjoyed that little. I love yeah. it. I mean, I, I genuinely bit, had no idea yeah. there were so many different types of poppadom until yeah, now. Um, I, I, working in that kitchen was one of the most inspirational things for me personally. How long were you there for? Only three weeks. Yeah. It was like a little stage. Um, no one spoke any British. They were <laughs> lovely people. I was annoyingly famous for saying the word pucker quite a lot in those days. Yes. Which is annoying, I, but I, I was annoying because I was 23 or 24. Listen, um, we didn't find you annoying back no. then, Jamie, so don't even... Don't even <laughs> I bet don't you even, don't, No, no, no don't even feel didn't. like you have to say that kind of stuff. I love you saying pucker, it was great. Do you know what I found annoying? People getting annoyed at, the, at you saying pucker. Oh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's like anyone who doesn't like pineapple on a pizza or anything, you know, that's not your opinion, you're just adopting it from everybody else. It's going, oh, I wish you'd stop saying pucker. No, you don't. It's not, it's not factoring into your life. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Get me another cocktail. <laughs> I love it. Keep it, keep it rolling. <laughs> no, but it's, it's amazing. They say that word. Pucker means the real deal, authentic. Yeah. So the only word I could speak of their language was pucker. So it just made me right. worse. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, what was amazing is like, um, you know, when you're trained to cook, it's like recipes and protocol and this, that and the other. It was like quarter to six. 15 minutes from service and no curries were made on day one. And I'm looking at this dude and it's a busy restaurant. And this thing just happened before me that just took me, it completely changed how I thought about fennel seeds and spice and, and layers of flavor. And this single man took 15, 16 different size pans. Every pan size was sort of, sort of it had a relationship with how popular the dish was. And he then put, coconut oil in every single pan pa, 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 on a hot top and would then go through a range of 30 spices and would take a big fist and have half a shake two shakes one shake and just layer and just go through wow and every 20 pans you know 15 16 pans and then by the time it was five past six there was 16 different curries made with vegetables like whole fish prawns like done and then for the next hour and a half, they'd all be just kind of reheated and popped out, all fresh, like ginger and curry leaves. And, and oh. the curry that I'd grown up with, which I think is probably what we all grew up with, was more of a northern Indian, Bangladeshi-style sort of um, slow-cooked curry, like big, robust. This was like nothing. It was tropical. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 50, 10 minutes to make a curry. Incredible. Wow. So that sort of definitely made an impression on me. Anyway. I digress. Amazing. So you'd you have all of these. You'd have all these different <laughs> kinds of poppadoms as your, for your dream meal. You'd have the, the, like a bowl like this you, with all the different ones in it. Yeah, and I think metaphorically speaking, like the idea that one thing can be a whole world yeah. of things, and mm -hmm. like flatbread can be a whole world of things. And so, I, I, yeah, I definitely everyone loves a poppadom, don't they? Yeah. Can I have the dips? Am I allowed the dips with it? Yeah, yeah, man. Okay, yeah. Have dip. all those dips. That's a coconut dip. I like the coconut dip over there. This There's, garlic. This, yeah, this is garlic. Thing. Yeah, oh, garlic man. and lemon pickle. It's so good. That's a tamarind one there. And, but by the way, Raz is still going. Yeah. And um, it's um, East London, definitely worth a visit, really good value. Mm -hmm. it's, ma it's mainly vegetarian now, I think, which just makes it like super good value and, and delicious. Let's start your dream meal proper now with your dream starter. Okay. So 
It's quite a big question to choose one, but I kind of got it down to maybe my first understanding about the concept of a starter. Because mm-hmm. if you think about it, like, what is it? It's just, it's, I know it's a starter, but like, just have dinner. Like, so I was about eight years old. I lived in the pub. So down the stairs was the pub. But since day one, like, dad always had, like, he was a chef, but we had like seven chefs in the kitchen. So I didn't realise it until I left home many years later, but he was actually one of the early gastropub dudes. So whole animals, fish days, cl- crabs, lobsters, cooking everything, picking everything, you know, like local produce, game and all that business. And I remember one day the chef running up with such excitement. And I was tiny and I was looking up and my mum's like, what's, what's the matter? What's it? He goes, oh, you know it. And he was just going mad about these things called an avocado. <laughs> and, and like they weren't in the shops or the supermarkets. No way. Like, and I know we all have it now, and it's yeah. common. Like, I think more more avocados were sold than oranges last year. It's like like we've all gone avocado mad, but but only a short moment of time. <laughs> and I remember thinking, what on earth is he? So- First of all, a how can a human be so excited about a vegetable? That's that's not normal. But as you can see, like you know, I get quite excited about different food. But um, we didn't know how to touch it or feel it or cut it, and like it was. But he turned it into or put it in like. A, a prawn cocktail and I remember as an eight-year-old eating that and if you think about it for a kid like there's like salad in there well most kids don't default to that yeah mm. there's like prawns which like maybe they don't default to that mayonnaise they probably do and ketchup mm. but like you put avocado through it I remember eating that thinking I totally understand this is a miracle yeah <laughs> this is a miracle you've got textures sweet sour tangy spice you know dash of tabasco and Worcestershire sauce and Bit, a tiny bit of whiskey, like mayonnaise, ketchup, tiny thimble of brandy was the yeah. uh, cayenne pepper, lemon juice, um, Worcestershire sauce, a bit of Tabasco, like delicious with um, prawns. And actually, all my kids love that. I would have a prawn cocktail. Yeah. Made by that guy then? Like the, that one that you had when you were eight? Yeah, that was... Or one that you would make now for your kids? Do you want us to erase the memory of avocados? Since the first time, yeah, yeah. we can men in black avocados away from your mind. Yeah. Uh, I don't mind. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I'm not anti-avocado. Uh, no, but, or, then, but then you can have avocado and discover it again for the first time, like when you were eight years old. So we can men in black you, yeah. and then you will have like uh, that first ever. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. do that. Yeah. Okay. Because cool. <laughs> I've had a half of this cocktail and it is actually yeah, it's yeah. really working, and I'm really concentrating. Yeah. I'm looking at your mouth and everything, yeah. and I'm like, yeah. What I still don't know saying? what he's talking about. But yeah. I just erase me. It feels yeah, cool. Yeah. It yeah. feels cute. Every Christmas in the in the Acaster house, since for my whole life, the starter has been avocados with um, prawns. Uh, in like Mary Rose sauce. Yes. Uh, in, in the middle. The, in the divots. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah. In, in where the stone remember, used yeah. to be. And I'm covered in that. And that's like one of my favourite things every yeah. year. And I get very excited uh, to have it. It's like a garlic. Actually, not even a Mary Rose sauce. It's actually quite a garlic mayo that like yeah. my mum and dad defer to. Love it so much. Like, I get very excited about it now. Like, as a kid, it was like, oh, that's just part of Christmas. But now I'm like really excited for each year. And if, if, and God forbid this ever happens, I once turned up one year and my parents had decided not to do it. I would definitely yeah. that more than anything. Would but make it's quite like it nice that they. Yeah, I, I agree. Like the thing that's nice about Christmas and sort of getting onto the vibe of this, that t- togetherness vibe, is I think we don't like change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I even sit in the same place at Christmas. Like, yeah. I, 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 I just like repeating the same thing. But I could only pimp that ride. Mm-hmm. 
like if I ever go to a pub and I see a prawn cocktail and I just size it up and I'm like, oh, you dirty bastard. Okay. <laughs> I go and I order it, have a pint of beer, but the way to pimp that ride is a portion of chips. Oh. But home, but home, the proper chips. Yeah, yeah. Proper chips and prawn cocktail is a thing of beauty. Yeah. Are you, di- are you, yeah, are you dipping dip the chips? I'll dip yeah, everything. Yeah. The whole, I mean, like, I just mix it up and get amongst it and, um, do you know that, that the history on prawn cocktail was interesting? That it was, a, I think it went back to the American Prohibition because mm-hmm. they didn't have any booze, mm. so they weren't doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, they had all the cocktail glasses free, uh, not being used. Oh. So the chefs took them and then, I guess, came up with that. But like, I'm and sneaking fine with brand, that. sneaking brandy in by just tipping on. Well, yeah, I don't know if that's a later sword, yeah. like kind of like yeah, <laughs> fuck you, Prohibition. <laughs> but um, there was a lot of. Yeah, there was a lot of underground booze, wasn't there? But yeah. Can you yeah. imagine trying... I can't believe they did that. Imagine to try and take away a new country's booze. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I mean, they couldn't do it here. No, good luck. Ever. Yeah, can you imagine? <laughs> it would, that actually, it wouldn't work. That, would, it? Be the, that would be the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The end. Well, we, i tell you what we wouldn't do. Start innovating and using the glasses to make new starts. <laughs> that, that's what absolutely not. Take. There are no new dishes coming out of Prohibition in Britain. That would be it. So, like, if, if we didn't put... Actually, I've got two questions now. With the chips, yeah. would this be a dish you serve in your restaurant? Go on. Someone could order, like, a bowl of chips... And then you just dump a prawn cocktail on top of it and send it out for people. Like the only way that people. I think you'd have to dump it tableside. Huh? You'd have to bring them the chips. Yes. You'd have to bring, bring them the, the chips. Pra- show them both. And then just dump it on and go, there you go. You've ordered your chips a la prawn cocktail. I, 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 think it, I think there's a way of making it work. Yeah. Hot and cold. Yeah. You know, hot and salty and crispy mm-hmm. with soft and silky and tangy. Mm. Like, I, I got a mate that I went to college with that I went, he's in Cornwall and he's got a little outside holidays, summer restaurants. He's got a couple of them called Craftworks. And um, he does like street food, burritos and burgers and stuff like that. But he puts these little setups in farms with nice views and mainly takes the produce from the farm. And I turned up like last year and he gave me a portion of chips mm-hmm. and kind of did what, like did prawns and freshly picked crab from Port Isaac with like trendy mayonnaises like sriracha kimchi mayonnaise oh. different colors and i have to say it was one of the best it's kind of yeah. what you're talking about yeah yeah it, i ate it and thought he was a genius but mm. like <laughs> it's sounds so one of the best things i think about it all the time when we went to new york in 2017 and we went to a place called extra fancy and they served us these sweet potato fries and they just dumped a clam chowder on yeah. top over on the top yeah, of it really. pretty phenomenal yeah it was so good i mean it is kind of theater and bonkers and a bit surprising yeah yeah, I like it. I mean, like the Canadians, um, they they have the chips with the 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 curds and gravy. Yeah, the, the poutine. Mm-hmm. poutine. Yeah. I mean, they. Lit- I mean, it's literally like a religion, isn't it? Yeah, there? but it's it's the diff- you get the crispy ones and then you get the, the like soggy the soggy ones, ones at the yeah. bottom, and it's all good. But it's mm. just the mix of all the different textures. It's so good. Potatoes are good, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. they're pretty good. You grow- have you ever grown a potato? I've never grown a potato. Have you no. ever grown a potato? No, no, no. You, Ben, shaking no. his head. Even when I lived like in London. Like with not much space, I used to grow them in like a like a tomato bag. Yeah. Were you the only one of your mates doing that? Yeah, I was properly got the Mickey taken out. Of me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember going leaving school and everyone's like, "What are you going to do? What are you going to do?" And I'm like, "I'm going to be a chef." And then like, "Oh, you wanker!" It's like they thought it was a really rubbish. <laughs> yeah. They thought it was a really rubbish job, and and I think for for some reason like it's still not taken seriously. Chefing, I don't I don't think so. Like we're really? we're, we're 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 not oversubscribed for chefs in this country. If you talk to any restaurant anywhere in this country now, it's never been harder to get staff. Right. 
there's not cues of British people wanting to get chef jobs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't exist. Yeah. But it is, it is an extraordinary job that can take you easily around the world and back again. And you never have to th- theoretically ever go hungry. And you can get a job anywhere because everyone's always looking for a chef. And it is the most amazing window or key to any culture. Like I've, on multiple occasions, have been welcomed in incredible ways into families and homes, complete strangers, just because they know from my eyes and mmm, like no language, just seeing them cook something. And they say, well, come and try it. And you have a bit and have a bit more. Like, do you know, because mm-hmm. as a cook, the, if someone goes, oh my God, that's, oh, like that. I think I think we've seen that in lockdown a little bit, like the kindness of people. And yeah. I, I think cooking and this, this vibe is, yeah, the gift of making people feel good through mm-hmm. either care or the group of people or like putting a scenario, music, a little like, did you do that? Did you do that? But also just like when people have, like, I mean, like chips, Mary Rose, you know, that, mm-hmm. ah, I think it's a brilliant thing, but I don't know why more people don't go into it. I think hours, scared, scared of the head chefs. Probably. Yeah, I think that's... I've worked in kitchens before. Yeah, it can be frightening. When I was working there, if someone said to me, do you want to go... Well, I actively tried to not go. So in the kitchen that I was in, there was a back kitchen. There was a front line where they did all the mains and all the grills. And it was like a big deal if you went there. And I was offered to go there at one point and I turned it down because the head chef was a bully and I didn't want to go yeah. anywhere near him. And I think there's a lot of that sometimes of like, if I try and be a professional chef in that kitchen, that guy's just going to bully me, and that'll be it. Yeah. I say it to you because you're one of the few TV chefs who haven't been bullying people yeah, on TV. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> like, it, has, it has been a problem historically, and I think they are high adrenaline environments. And then there's a, a degree of, like, you know, like certain industries, there's, like, a lot of noise, but it's just technical mm-hmm. noise, not sort of personal noise. Mm-hmm. But certainly, like, 20, 30 years ago, sort of, an amount of violence, drugs, and um, bullying um, and inappropriate behaviour was was sadly too common. Mm-hmm. I think it has got way better. And I think, you know, maybe social media's fixed some of that. But it is an amazing job. And and, and who knows what will happen? Obviously, the, the whole industry's had a tough time in lockdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, it will take years to bounce back. Um, and even if it could bounce back now, there's not enough people to 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 help them bounce back. But I kind of... I'm, I'm hopeful that, you know, just talented smaller local neighborhood restaurants and like they are that's what kind of makes neighborhoods work isn't it like when you can get everything on an app yeah i think in five years time it will be in a good place but Mm -hmm. it's going to be a bumpy few years ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Today's episode of Off Menu is sponsored by Aura. James, are you ready to win Mother's Day? I am, Ed. I want to cement my reputation as the best gift giver in the family. I want to give my mom 
an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. May I say, James, I absolutely love the class and elegance with which you use the word mom, because this is for US listeners. All of your moms deserve a good Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. Yeah, I think your mum's going to love looking back on your childhood memories, seeing what you're up to today, seeing what you were up to back in the day, and even better, with unlimited storage and an easy-to-use app, you can keep updating mom's frame with new photos, so it's the gift that keeps on giving, James. Ed. Answer me this. Who is the best gift giver in your life? Hmm. Um, I'd probably say uh, my wife is a very good gift giver. Not that <gasps> my mom is not a fantastic gift giver. But yes. my wife's very good at little surprise things. She says, I've only got you a few things. And then there'll be little little surprises, things that we've seen throughout the rest of the year. I'll say to my wife, I like that. And then I forget about it. And then on the day, there's some lovely little gifts there for me that remind us of the year that we've just spent together. Oh, if you like being reminded of stuff... May I suggest photographs? That's a very good point, James. I think we should get ourselves an Aura digital picture frame and put some of our wedding photos on them. Right now, Ed, Aura has a great deal for Mom's Day, Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code OFFMENU at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Let's go on to your main course, your dream yes. main. Yeah. And is this something that, like, is this one of your own recipes? Is this um, something you've had somewhere else? Yeah, it doesn't have to be. But, like, I think a curry night. What I love about a curry night is colour, surprise. Like, you just take a bit of this, that and the other. Everyone builds their own kind of plate. But um, I just didn't grow up with that food. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it, was, it was classic English, maybe Frenchy style food. And, I mean, I sometimes eat stuff and I'm like, how did they do that? Mm. I mean, the Indians just cook so well. And what it- I always liked about it when I was a fat little boy as well, Jamie, is um, I liked uh, just uh, the opportunity to have maybe four mains in one meal. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Just being like, oh, no, it's a side dish and then have an entire plate of it. Yeah. yeah, lose a main, really. Yeah. There's so many But also, they kind of made veggies pretty cool, right? Yeah. Onion bargies. Come on. Yeah. Um, like a good onion bhajee, not a greasy, like heavy one, but like a oh. good one. It's like, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and somehow managed to make spinach like cool. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah. how did they do that? <laughs> Sarg paneer was always my go to. Yeah. Well. yeah, yeah. Yeah, when I, I've been to India and I've watched children cook in the street and technically looking at how they're cutting and measuring and, and going, I don't know if I could ever do that. Yeah. Like that, and just thinking, God. I really must try a bit harder. <laughs> it is, yeah. Have you got a, um, normally we'd ask people like at this point, I mean, obviously we're going to get into what specifically you want for this uh, curry feast. Um, but like, normally we'd probably ask people, what's the best curry you've ever had? Yeah. Probably can ask you your top three, probably. I bet you've got like a lot of ones that stand out that um, would be interesting to hear about. Okay, so when I worked in Raza, they did this crab curry, which was like nothing I ever and they just it had a lot of black pepper and um, incredible like curry leaves and bits and pieces and mustard seeds and coconut milk and it's very fragrant ginger um, and they just split the crab up and do this kind of very quick you know preparation and it was absolutely delicious and you can crack all the shells and it's just it was messy it was delicious 
it was completely the, the meat is so sweet and flaky blew my mind i have to say i do love like the kind of chicken tikka vibes anything mm. i mean not specifically that but like those marinated chicken ones like in a tandoor where it's just blackened on the outside and mm. juicy and white on the inside and luminous with spices mm. and loads of lemon over the top and sort of dry, but in a, mm. it, on the outside. Definitely would mix up the meat and the fish if I was building my own perfect. I wouldn't want to just go fish or just go veg or just, mm-hmm. I, I want it all. Yeah. <laughs> and then in, in the veg world, probably like either like a squash pumpkin curry, because mm-hmm. I just think it's wicked and delicious. But this one was one that I saw but could never get the recipe to, so I had to just experiment. And that is basically paneer yeah. with the most amazing like bonkers green spinach sauce you get you marinate the the paneer and, and turmeric and it's, it's not that many ingredients for a curry really it's like fair you know it's onions garlic ginger mm-hmm. you know it's, but that sort of green luminous gravies that mm. with the chicken and the crab beautiful rice you did say poppadoms or bread. I, I I do love a naan, but there is there is. Yeah, but your main course is the curry feast. You can obviously have a naan. You have a naan with the that, curry so feast. You've, yeah, you've hacked what, it. You've got bread and poppadoms. Yeah, but there's another one as well. All right. <laughs> there's this bread that is potentially better than naan called um, a parata, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you basically lay out dough like a simple dough, like this tablecloth here, and then you just depending on what part of India they're from, it could be ghee or, you know, uh, or it could be coconut oil, but they'll put their, you know, fat on it and then they'll roll it up like this. And then they'll roll it up that way, like a sort of snail. And then they'll roll it out. Yeah. Cook it on a plancher or like a solid top or a grill or, you know, whatever on both sides. And then they beat it up. They're like... Yeah. And, and when you do that, it all does that. Like this, like shards, and it, and what I've, I think I've worked out is a little bit like that. Is they kind of that bread is not just bread, but the kind of way it's made turns into like an edible fork. Mm-hmm. So you just like yeah, and then so you, you start, want this edible bread fork that you can dip into all the other curries yeah, with. But like like you were sort of saying earlier, like when you had that sweet potato chips and like mm. the chowder went on top, it's like well what's What's going on? Yeah. Like when you bring the bread out and you put it on a board at the table mm-hmm. and everyone's just chit-chatting, your mate's having a little drink, yeah, and then you're going... <laughs> What's going on? But then, but then like, it's annoying for just enough time. Yeah. And then it's just like, try that, and it's like, oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I don't know if this is getting too greedy for a main course, but no, I quite I think like... All, I, think, I think it is a last meal especially or, or when you, meal. Especially when you listen back to our episodes where we've had chefs on in the past, often this is a theme in the chef episodes. Yeah, is that it's not just one thing. It's yeah. often thinking about everyone eating together, loads yeah. of stuff going on. And so if we didn't allow this, it would be unfair because we've let other chefs okay. do similar so things. So this is okay? Yeah. 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 It's yeah. sort of it's, it's, when there's a chef on, all rules are abandoned. Yeah, in it. fact, you're probably the first chef who hasn't um, paired every course with some booze at some point. <laughs> so, uh, you know. Well, I think I've got oh, a healthy go. relationship with booze. I mean, yeah. I do like booze but i mean i grew up in a pub mm-hmm. so weirdly like it's the opposite of maybe what you think like you have to respect the family business so yeah i've always had a kind of got to treat booze right otherwise it can take easily takes over you and mm-hmm. and as you probably know like the the largest amount of alcoholics i think are surgeons chefs and um 
Comedians. <laughs> Comedians. <laughs> but it's like, it's like, it's a, it's a problem. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a slight, you know. I didn't know that about surgeons, so that'll be. And yeah. pilots. Oh, oh great. Okay. Yeah. That's oh. me not sleeping. So tonight. I was kind of thinking, like, if you were eating food at 36,000 feet, go into a country to have an operation. It <laughs> <laughs> ain't yeah. looking good. <laughs> I've got to say, like, I'm into cocktails mm-hmm. and um, into what, I'm, I'm into everything apart from Mascal and Sambuca. Yeah. And is that because of. Bad past experiences. Just terrible, yeah. yeah. It just represents everything yeah. painful that's yeah. happened as a teenager, yeah. probably. Um, yeah. But I think beer is the place. I think beer yeah. has definitely got a good... Uh, I, I think that the, the, the natural beer would be a Cobra. But yes. I've got a little beer shop that's opened in my little town. And he sources beers, great beers from everywhere. Bonkers stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, there's two beers. One's called Zut, Z-O-T delicious that'll be good with this mm-hmm. the other one's called slag um but there's another one called posh so if you buy a bottle of posh yeah. and a bottle of slag it obviously says posh slag now <laughs> i don't see the funny side of it but everyone seems to find it deeply funny sure but, um um some of those like belgium german dutch beers oh, they're so good yeah mm. and then, i think with a curry they'd be amazing yeah yeah they're yeah. the beers where you take a sip and you're like, that tastes amazing. And you look at the bottle, it's 10.5%. Or yeah, yeah, some like, of them oh, can be. I'm going be. to space, great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know some of them really can be. Yeah. Look at that, I've got to fly a plane in a minute. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, and remove this guy's appendix. <laughs> powerful. And see, as a kid, because my job in the pub was, uh, like, so wash up, clean toilets, sweep out the front. Bottling up was one of the big jobs. So replacing what has been taken and then taking the empties out and recycling them. Yeah. I remember for years, I did it for years and years and years for my pocket money. And like, I never understood the small bottles, the half bottles of like mm-hmm. porters and all the high, it's the high yeah, yeah. stuff. And, and it wasn't until later on I realised that all the older men would come in um, retired and they'd ha- they have a beer strategy. I never understood mm-hmm. the concept of a beer strategy. This is very normal. Like I'm generalising, but there's like... There's a clear association with higher alcohol and more flavour. Mm-hmm. So it's easier to make a tastier beer with more, bo- more, more booze. So they'd start with a little bottle of something like seven point something. Like, woo! Come on! <laughs> get it going! And then they go right back down to sort yeah, of like yeah. a three, four. Like, mm-hmm. now we're going to go for the long game. And, but if you get it wrong, of course, like, <laughs> yeah. then you're just, yeah, you go to space and yeah, back. <laughs> but I never understood it until... Many years later. <laughs> so are we like having... Because normally we're going to dream side now. But is your dream side dish part of this feast or is there a different dream side dish? I think the side dish probably was the naan and, and the parata. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I, I don't know if that's allowed. That's completely yeah, allowed. Course, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. you don't You've normally have a side of, of more carbs, do you? But sure. There is vegetable curries in the middle of the table. But that's another strategy I think you learn in later life. I certainly learn in later life with a curry yeah. is... Sometimes don't get the rice and the naan, and then you've got the poppadoms as well. Sometimes yeah. you can just have the bread and the curry, and yeah. then you don't come away from it feeling like you need to roll, roll yeah. down the corridor. <laughs> I agree. But often when you go in, you're so hungry that you get excited, and then yes. you overorder. Oh, no, I always, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I always ignore over-order. my own strategy. But I've, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How many times have you knowingly <laughs> overordered? When you're ordering, and literally as you're doing it, you're thinking... There's no way. I kind of have to do it for a job. Yeah. Because contrary to what people might think, I do quite long hours at work and then I've got five kids. So I try. (laughs) Who's that guy? That's your dad. So I try and be around for the kids. So I don't actually get to go to restaurants that often. So when I do, like, I don't... 
it could be posh or super underground or gnarly or whatever, but it's got to be good. Otherwise, I don't want to waste my time. Yeah. But then also, I want to see what they're doing. So I, if there's four of us, I, I'll order for ten. Mm-hmm. So I like what well, everyone orders their stuff, but then I say, can we have a little plate of that in the middle? So I, I, I it's it's kind of my job to overorder, mm-hmm. which is kind of really nice, but also one of the challenges of the. <laughs> like, I have to. I'm in the gym three times a week. I should be about ten times the size, and I, and, and like, but my, I'm paid to to eat. Yeah, uh, which is a really <laughs> it's sort of it's a a strange job. But um, I think if you want to get a full flavour of a chef, or like, it's quite good to. You can't do it with one or two dishes mm-hmm. unless you're yeah. really lucky. But like, it's quite nice to sort of see where they're going off piece and God, that hit it on the point, and that was a bit weird, but kind of cool weird and. So also, if it's a good menu, you don't you don't want to order one thing or two yeah. things, right? You mm-hmm. need to you need to I get. Mean, I often and... do all the starters. Yeah, just like Great. everyone's. You know, yeah, how are you doing, Bella? Like you're having a good old chat, and you got to then then you got to look. It's like homework, isn't it? You're like yeah. looking at like crying, and I, and just say, look, just pick your mains. Like all the starters, please. Yeah, and, um, <laughs> um, that's a good vibe because it's sort of yeah. you get a little <sighs> taster. Do you like? Well, I, I I don't suppose you do like this. No one likes this. But have you ever had a waiter or waitress say to you? I think that's going to be too much. Like when you overorder and they no, go, no, the eyes, this is a lot yeah, of food. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you're like, well, dude, I'll take it in half portions, or you can yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of feather it out slowly. Like I'm not going to eat everything you give me. I just want to try it. Yeah. So you can give it to someone else if you want to. So it's that kind of banter. Yeah. And and, and then they sort of go, okay, well, fair enough. I guess it is your job. The the other day in a restaurant, actually, I was with a friend, and um, we ordered all our stuff, and we went, is that enough? And the waiter went, yeah, that's a, that's a lot of food, which is the catchphrase. That's what they go for, right? It's a lot of food. And then we ate all of it. And, and then came like, back and went, you oh did a really good job with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I know. I know we did a good job. Benito and I had the opposite experience recently. We went uh, to a Mexican place and uh, with some friends and the waiter said, here, we don't like to waste food. So we'd like it if you... I'm like, he needs to be fired. I order this stuff. <laughs> like, that, he's never going to make any profit for that. Do, you know, do you know how hard it is to make a pound in this yeah. industry? Like, you, you, it's called upselling. Like, yes. No one's been promoted to undersell. Um, wow. Okay. But the thing is, is that then, because then, you know, because we said about wasting food, it puts it on your conscience. So you're like, okay, I'm just going to order the amount that you said to order. And so we did that. And then afterwards, we were all like, oh, do you know what? That was the perfect amount. And I'm quite relieved we didn't order uh, more than that. Okay, that's good. I so we were quite, right. and by the end, I think we, we had both been turned around. We were like, who's this little punk <laughs> telling us? That, well, actually, I was like, that Benito didn't care. He's a much more zen guy. But uh, I was like, can you believe that Benito? That guy said that to us. And then actually, by the end, it's like. What do you think would have happened if I was there? You would have, uh, you would have gone, hmm, okay. I'll have more than that, please. And, and you don't tell me how to live my life. And then he would have gone away and you would have gone, why are you looking so uncomfortable, Benito? I, I spoke my mind. I would have eaten it all, though, wouldn't I? You would have eaten it yeah. all and the guy would have had to eat humble pie yeah. and he would have had to eat the whole pie. So he doesn't like to waste food. I mean, it is a, com- it is a big conversation now. I mean, like, I've worked in America for quite a while and... I just didn't understand the, the kind of, I'll take a box. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, it's great. Yeah. And so, but it's like a, it just did not exist in Britain. Maybe a little bit now. 
Um, it's just not something we've done in Britain, is it? Sort of, I'll take that to go, thanks. Saying about the box to go home, I, I nearly said thanks. I remember there was something at some point in my life, I can't remember if I was in a restaurant or whatever, when if you wanted stuff to go, they would get this tin foil, they would put the food that you were taking home in it, and they would fold the tin foil up in a certain way that it would have a handle on it. Yeah, yeah. And you would carry it out like that. And then I started to think, maybe I saw that on one of Jamie's TV shows. That was, yeah. And it was you. I used to do it, yeah. Yeah. So, like, people, when I worked at the River Cafe, um, it was quite a glamorous restaurant, and still is. We'd have quite interesting, well-known people coming in, and they'd have this specific dessert called a chocolate nemesis, which was, like, the most incredible expression of chocolate. And people were, like, on it, like, crack. It was, like, their, their thing. And they all... So people would often take it if there was any left to go home. So I used to get, like, a box, cut it into the shape, wrap it in foil, sit a portion or two on that, and then wrap it in foil in such a way that it wouldn't get squashed and then turn it into a handbag, because why not? And then, because I thought I was funny, deeply not, I'd kind of write Prada on it or something. And then you'd give it to some glamorous person and they would walk out with a tinfoil Prada nemesis bag. So your dream drink... Oh, is that going with the beers that we mentioned earlier? Or is it something else? <laughs> I think my, my dream drink changes. Like, I didn't do beer for, like, four or five years. And my missus bought me, probably a bad move, actually, but she bought me a membership to the Scotch Whiskey Society. And basically, you get a membership, you get a nice mag come through every quarter, and then you get these taster bottles come through. And they're always good, and you always learn stuff. And the mag's put together nice, and it's, like, interesting people and families and, you know... And then I, I hated whiskey as a kid. And it's like one of those things that like, like hate and fennel seeds. It's sort of like, well, but do you really? Yeah. And, and the, the answer might be yes, by the way. But when what, what they do is they go, well, what style of whiskey do you like? So they kind of say, do you like it peaty or smoky or floral or this? Or, and you go, that. And they get rid of all the others. And then within the world of that, they bring you 10 versions of that and go, would well, you like this, that, 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 or the other? And you go, well, that and that. And then they get rid of all the others. So... Anyway, the answer to the question is really good. Like, single malt whiskey. Mm -hmm. Definitely not smoky, definitely not peaty. And what's funny is, like, it's run or driven by, like, what I see as, like, packamac-wearing geeks that are just, like, nuts about whiskey. Yeah. The, the notes are insane. <laughs> like, and, like, rude and contemporary and funny and ironic. And, and, and the names they call the bottles are, like, bonkers. But what's really interesting about it is, like, they're not brands. What it is, it's like white label. So what they have permission oh, wow. to do is to go and buy single barrels of anything. It could be the most expensive or it could be, like, the cheapest. But what's in that barrel is genius. And it has a number. And if you look up the number in the book or online, you can find out who made it. But basically, it's, that's how... So it's, like, properly geeky. Anyway, so for the last five years, I have been... My favourite drink would be probably a triple shot of really good single malt whiskey, definitely quite fruity, and and the kids in bed, mm -hmm. ideally a fire lit. Yeah. Um, ideally, like, some tunes on. What um, tunes you got on? Top Loader? Um, <laughs> Ooh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, last year in lockdown, there was an album done by Tom Mish and um, Yusuf Days, this drummer. Mm -hmm. It's brilliant. I mean, honestly, one of the best things I've heard in years. That is an album. It's called What Kind of Music. It's literally, uh -huh. it's such a good album. So that on, Fire Lit, 
an unusually large shot of single malt whiskey. <laughs> I do break, like, they say you shouldn't do it. I do have an ice cube in it. Mm-hmm. You've got to do what you like, though. Wankers right? say you can't do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. say yeah. only water from spring. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. that. <laughs> I yeah. quite like it being too cold and tasting one way, and as yeah. it gets warmer, it tastes another way. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's just my thing. Plus, by the way, it's full strength, barrel strength. So yeah. this can be like 52%. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you get a buzz on. Yeah. yeah. But that's all I do. I won't smash it, but yeah. that's, I'll, that'll just... Anyway. I think Delicious. that sounds great. Yeah. Perfect. Beyond the moon with that. You, you went to space, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I went to space. Yeah, so this, yeah. Is, this is interesting. And something salty to have with it. You know, like... like Pop-a-doms. <laughs> yeah, more Pop-a-doms. <laughs> There's the saltiness there, but now hopefully we're heading to something sweet for the dessert. Mm-hmm. Yeah? It doesn't yeah. have to be sweet. Well, it does. If you're on a cheese board, oh. Jamie, you're very welcome to a cheese board. Okay. Well, Jamie, obviously. Yeah, I mean, like, I could take you. I mean, I'm partial to cheese. Mm, Lovely. Um, Lovely. cheese board. The thing about cheese is what I learned. I sent to my team here a box of cheese. Mm-hmm. It's of all the things I've ever done in 20 years for my team. It's the one thing they complained about? It's the only thing they've really all been really happy about. <laughs> oh, that's weird. But I've done, no, everyone loves cheese, man. It's like, yeah. Wow. It's a thing. Perfect way sure. to end a meal. Anyway, yeah, we're, yeah, not yeah, yeah, book, uh, but... yeah, we're not having a cheese book. Yeah, we're not having a cheese book. We're not, but cheese is powerful. Um, uh, it, it would be my mum's, which by default is my nan's trifle. Mm, lovely. And it's quite old-fashioned. Mm-hmm. It, it's not supposed to be elegant, but it just sort of makes me feel like the world's okay. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I can switch off most things and say, well, that's enough. Mm-hmm. But with trifle, like, I could go on. It's just a yeah. beautiful sea of heaven. Sponge. Yep. Sherry. Custard blancmange. Mm. And also, like, it can't be... I don't like homemade custard. No, 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 no. It's got to be, like... It's got to be Carn- birds. It's got to be birds. Yeah, 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 it has yes. to be. And tinned... Clementines or mandarins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you look forward to the most? Because when I think about a trifle, what I'd be looking forward to the most is always how the sponge goes in the tr- in a trifle. How like the texture of yeah. the sponge in a trifle is what I immediately think of, and what I'd probably look forward to that mouthful where yeah. you got some like of that. I don't know how, how you describe it. How a sponge goes in a trifle, but that that texture that you get that you yeah. only uh, trifle sponge. Yeah, different to any other sponge. Yeah, because it's like. I think traditionally they used to, it was always like the old sponge or the old biscuits that they'd rehydrate. Yeah, yeah the like the sponge fingers. Yeah, so if yeah. it's too dry, mm-hmm. like even yeah. with a tiramisu, which is essentially a trifle, yeah, yeah. It? Like, yeah. it's like if it's too dry, that's bad times. And if it's too wet, that's bad times. So you've got to get the equation right, mm-hmm. even though the individual parts are quite tacky. But what I quite like about those individual parts is they would always be in my nan's cupboards, tin fruit, you know, the, the, the tin custard yeah. powder, the blancmange, the sponges. Um, so, like, my, I mean, my mum would make, like, just a, a vanilla sponge, and that was nice, and sometimes we'd chocolate, and that's nice. Sometimes she'd buy that little rolled-up one with the jam in between the layers yeah. and slice that and, oh, put nice. it, yeah. cut, and put it on the bias. Um, um, and sometimes it was the biscuits. But I kind of like just the straight sponge myself. Yeah. But mm. I'm open. I'm open to, to, to sponge inspiration. But I do like... The shaved chocolate and jelly is important. Yeah, yeah. Jelly's not really fashionable anymore. I mean, like, I, mm. I, do, do you remember the, like the packs of jelly that you make yeah. jelly yeah, from? Yeah, yeah. Oh, eating that raw. Straight, yeah. And mum, mum would say, "Don't funny. eat that. Your stomach will yeah. set like jelly." Yeah. Told me, <laughs> don't eat, I, I basically was like, you know, almost convinced it was poisonous. Yeah. yeah. The first thing I ate, knowingly thinking 
This could kill me. Really? But in a way, it's just like mega jelly, right? It's the ultimate concentration. It felt like mega jelly. It felt yeah. like so strong, the flavour in it. You're like, I just want that cube of like pure jelly. And it's, it's, also, like, it's like, like a little chocolate bar, right? You yeah. break it off in little yeah, yeah, chunks. Yeah, in segments. Yeah. yeah. And Mad. so many E numbers that you get a headache within 30 yeah. seconds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So when you know so something's good when the headache <laughs> kicks it after 30 seconds. The thing about a trifle, you can't just make it and you're done. You do have to like do your layers and then let the custard set yeah. and then go back and do the next layer and let that set. But... Um, I do think like whipping the cream with a bit of sugar and vanilla, if you over whip it, it's, it's rough. Mm -hmm. And if it's just wet, that's right. So getting yeah. that just soft peaks, I think we call yeah. it. Yeah. Can you remember there was a time when, because obviously your grandmother taught it to your mum. Did your mum then teach it to you? Was there a moment where you started uh, putting the trifle together? Yeah, I think, um, I, I think I asked her for it like, 15 years ago and it right. up, then it ended up in the Radio Times or the Times or something. She's like, I can't believe you printed it. It's just my recipe. <laughs> I didn't ask her permission to print it. But, it's um, it's yeah. similar as a comedian. My parents are constantly worried that every time they say anything, they're like, you're not going to use that, are you? Yeah, <laughs> don't, don't put that in your yeah, Especially when you say, yeah. so my dad used to do this thing where... And it's yeah, like, exactly. no! <laughs> Ed's act is full of stuff about his dad yeah. as well. His mum doesn't really feature that much, but uh, his dad quite Gets a bit. It. Yeah, the, fir yeah. the first time I Got did dad. stand up on TV, I did a story about my dad. And I'd never done it before in the in the set, but I panicked because I was on TV for the first time, and I said his full name and job down the camera. Oh, no. uh, and the next day when he went in, um, and he, he was quite important, <laughs> they had it up on a big screen in the meeting room, and they were wow. all watching it and laughing. Oh, so you, and he was really proud of his son. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> his dad is weird. Though. So like, I don't think it would have faced him at all. He's a weird guy. Yeah, and you wouldn't know it from what talking does he to do? Ed. I mean, Ed's do? got you can still see little glimmers. He of was it a in Ed, he was a solicitor. Like, uh, and now he he's retired. Um, and I believe this episode is coming out the day before my wedding. So you will be, if my dad yeah. has listened to this, yeah. then you will be seeing him the day after it's come out. So Yeah, but uh, that's fine. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll happily tell him he's weird, a weirdo to his face. And what, what's the weirdest part of him? <laughs> he, he, is, it, is it the seed he, he write, which he... He writes, he writes emails to his cat's vet and pretends to be the cat yeah. and refuses to ever break character or let on that it's not the cat. Yeah. Um, he, uh, I mean, that's persistent. That's quite yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah. Ed's, Ed's, Ed's relationship with his dad is... They bond over food quite nicely. So there's a thing where you know, Ed will sometimes... you know. I'm on a WhatsApp group with my dad called the Barbecue Boys. Yeah. Nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah. And Ed will send him photos of... Stuff he's about to cook, and then his dad will ring him and go, well, oh, I cooked that once, Ed, and then here's what I did. And so that's quite nice. That's, yeah. so, so, you know, there's, uh, there's loads of nice stuff. Just, you know. Also, my main impression of Ed's dad really comes from Ed's impression of him in his stand up. Yes. So, in my mind, Ed's dad is always speaking like so, that. Yeah. Like, it, like he's announcing I dial something. It up a bit. Like he's, well, yeah. yeah, of course. But there's, it's, um, yeah, I mean, it's, I remember doing a. Sometimes you do throw, if you're in the public eye, you do throw your parents under the bus. Yeah, yeah. I remember shooting um, a recipe in Southend, Southend Pier in the background. Mum, Dad and Nan on deck chairs behind me about 10 metres away. And I had a fire going and I was cooking this dish. And I sort of said what I was doing and where I was. And I said, and it, within our family, like, it's known that I was conceived either in a Capri or at the end of Southend Pier. <laughs> And so I said, look, we're here, it's in Southend, this is Southend Pier, the longest pleasure pier in the world, and I was actually conceived at the end of that, and my mum's going, no, no, I wasn't! And I just kept it at the camera and went, I was, mum denies it, and all I'll say is you'll know the truth just by the reaction of my dad's face. And he just like, 
<laughs> but it's like um, it's, I remember getting a real rollicking from my sister. Yeah. Saying it's really you've just really embarrassed me. Like <laughs> I'm gonna read your uh, menu back to you now and see what you think, Jamie. Okay. How you feel about it? Um, water you would like cold, still water with mm. a hangover that disappears at the first sip. Yes. Poppadoms of bread, all kinds of poppadoms okay. plus the dips. Yes. Starters, avocado prawn cocktail, and yes. you'd like to not. Remember avocados and then eat it and then be introduced to avocados. Again. Main course, a curry feast night. Crab curry, chicken curry, paneer curry, side dish of naan and paratta. Yeah. Uh, the drink, you would like a single malt scotch whiskey triple shot with an ice cube. This is like 52% there's a fire on. That's after the beers with the curry. That, yeah. Can that be like a fourth You course? can have the beers yeah, yeah, with the curry, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We'll a let beer, you have oh, oh, you know, yeah. posh and slag and all those beers <laughs> yeah, that you yeah, mentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and dessert, you would like mum's slash nan's trifle. Yes. That sounds very nice. You feel good hearing that back? I, 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 I mean... I was going to say something pretentious like it doesn't flow as, as a recipe, um, but it actually sounds like a wicked night out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's that's what that. we found doing these podcasts is that I don't think anyone's dream meals flow necessarily. No. Mm. They just have all their favourite stuff. They're little stuff snapshots. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be nice to have that dinner over five hours, I think. Yeah. yeah. Don't want to rush that one. No. We've got the whiskey by the fire. Yeah. That's got to so be an hour, right? Got... If you're there before your dessert, having the whiskey by the fire, doing all that, and yes. then you have a trifle. That's, yeah. that's great. Yeah. That meal sounds absolutely delicious. Um, I, I hope that was all right. I mean... It was great. Like, I kind of feel like reenacting it, but um, we did get some... I'm, I am surprised that I'm the first person to give you, like, nibbles and a drink. So that's... maybe... Do you think it might set the tone for... Future guests to maybe knows? other guests might. Who knows? But like you know, it I is effort. I mean, if, if they a little bit of effort, and, wouldn't go amiss, really. But no one will do it for the Poppadoms course because if they're like, oh, Jamie Oliver came yeah, on and gave them five types of Poppadoms, like, I can't, I, I can't compete with that. I think people need to get creative. They need to come with something like a yeah. cooler box of treats. Yeah, little box of treats. Hey, we're not, we're not discouraging. Yeah, people. I don't think so. It's nice. To I think you set the new standard. Wouldn't yeah. it be good? Yeah. Although you know, I'm the genie in this dream restaurant who brings you anything, and now I feel like you've. Before my very eyes, transformed into a genie, and I've Does that and mean given me food. Jamie's going to be sucked into the lamp now, and is the new genie. Yeah. Do you want to come into the lamp with Suck me, Jamie? Me into your lamp. So I'm, I'm, about, I'm about to go back into the lamp. Do you want yeah. to be sucked into the I'll lamp? I'll come with me? you. Come ah! on in. <laughs> yummer, yummer, yummer. Ooh, great menu from Jamie Oliver there. Great menu, great journey uh, the whole time. You know, lo- loads of things that we learned about different periods of time in his life, in his career, now, his family. Great chat. Loved meeting Jamie. Really enjoyed it. To the listener, have you ever tried to conduct an interview with a plate of absolutely delicious poppadoms sat in front of you but not wanting to eat them because it would be too crunchy? They're so crunchy. But, you know, I had to really balance out. Well, it'd be too crunchy. Might you know, ruin the audio a bit. Also, I like winding up Benito, and I like, yes. I like it when he's stressed. So you think, oh, if I just crunched all these and just ate them about the whole podcast, he'd have a nightmare on his hands. God, they're so delicious. We're going to take some home. Yeah, we're um, taking some home in a box each. And um, let that be a lesson to you future guests. Yeah. If you don't provide us with a delicious cocktail yeah. and a platter of poppadoms or other snacks, yeah. then you can get out of here. Yeah, maybe we'll kick you out regardless we'll of whether you say out. the secret ingredient or not, yeah. which Jamie did not say the secret no, he did ingredient. No, did not say turkey, turkey twizzlers. twizzlers. Thank you, Jamie. Oh, imagine if he brought in a big old steaming plate of turkey twizzlers. Though. If it, this was the podcast he chose to do it on going, yeah. ha, guess what? I love them. <laughs> I never hated them. I've always loved them. <laughs> and we'd have to go, 
We're kicking you out. Either. Oh, what? Oh, no. Very, very glad he didn't say it because that was a wonderful chat. Thank you very much to Jamie for coming on. Um, and Jamie's new book, Together, is out now. Um, we've got a copy here, James. We've, we've been got a copy, a copy which is lovely. I'm absolutely going to... every page I flick to, I'm excited about what's on there. Yeah. Yep. So uh, I will be genuinely doing some cooking yep. once, once I'm married... Yes, you will get married soon to that uh, to your French teacher. From My school. French teacher. So, thank you very much to Jamie. Um, I'm on tour as well. You are on tour, actually. In Feb. Feb 22, electric. Feb till April. Yeah. Go and check out my tour dates, edgamble.co.uk. Yes. Uh, tickets available. And I'll be teching that show. Yes. Hello, Jamie. Hello. No, Oh, you got, <laughs> you got some sax pants. You bought in some sax boxer shorts. <laughs> Literally. No, you have to look. This is the TM. Yeah. That's the, so having, having the a little ball, look inside. The ballpark technology. That's ballpark technology. Oh, so you tuck them in the little pocket? Having a look. Oh, that is literally a little pouch for your balls. That's in gonna, there, Jamie. Um, I was going to reach in and have a look closer, and then I realised they are genuinely your pants, yeah. aren't they? That you've yeah, yeah. You're just taking them off in the toilets <laughs> and then brought them back in to show us. <laughs> It's hanging out there like Bruce Springsteen yeah. now. Hanging out, your, hanging out in your jeans, your boxes. No one will know. They look amazing. No, I'm going to check them out. Yeah, they cradle yeah. them. Yeah. The cradle. <laughs> Thank you, Jamie. See you, Jamie. <laughs> well, very rarely do we get a reprise from the guest during the outro. I think that's the first time that's ever happened. Uh, let alone they come in and show us some boxer shorts that they were possibly may or may not have been wearing earlier in the day and show us where the balls go <laughs> in the boxer shorts. But it's happened, and, and if at the start of this crazy journey, known as off-menu, someone had told us one of the episodes, one of the guests will leave to go and do an interview respectfully for the one show, but then reappear during the outro to show you their boxer shorts and where the balls go in it, I would not have thought... Well, that will be Jamie Oliver. But that's what's just happened to us in our yeah. life. And special. Yes. Very special moment for us there. I was genuinely about to reach in and touch them. Yep. You were about to touch where the balls go to see, oh, where are they going? And then yeah. you realise, as you're about to do it... They've just been there. That, yeah. The balls yeah. have literally just been there. I was going to reach in and touch the pants. Yeah. Because he had the, pa the pants. He didn't not, come in and <laughs> put his trousers yeah. down. I just didn't want to make it clear to listen oh, yeah. to what happened. So listen yeah, the box was in his hand. Yeah. He didn't come in, pull his trousers down and go, have a look at the ballpark technology. Look at where they go. Yeah. Okay. He, he came in holding some boxer shorts. Yeah. And with his trousers up. Yeah. Trousers up, zipped up, done I'm up. presuming he has other boxers on the premises. Yeah. He was holding a pair of boxers. Yeah. Said, look at these. Came round, opened the boxers up so we could look inside the boxers and you could see that there was a little compartment for the balls there. Yeah. I didn't realise, I didn't think about this, yeah. that maybe people listening at home <laughs> thought he came in, pulled down his trousers, <laughs> said, look at these, then look at where the balls go and Ed was at one point tempted to reach in and touch them. Yeah. Because that, that isn't what happened. No, that sounds bad. Well, it sounds unusual for, for the pod. Mm. You know, it's not, not standard pod practice, but... um. Yeah, I, I forgot that the listener can't see what's happening, so they may have thought that Jamie Oliver just came Sorry in. about that sound. I'm so, reaching in and scratching my balls. Yeah, that was Ed scratching his balls. Just mm. scratching We're his a bit dry crack, today, crackly actually. balls. A little bit um, dry. Oh, this is what, what an episode it's been. Didn't think it would end this way. Uh, this is the kind of episode I'll get a lot of texts from my mother about. Yes. Some people don't make it to the outro with podcasts sometimes, no. so they're going to miss out on that. People miss out. This is like, you know... 
an MCU and you know, end of credits kind of thing. Yes, it is. End of credits sequel, and people, some people go, oh yeah, and the bit about the bit when he came in and showed them the compartment where the balls go, and everyone will be like, what? what? I didn't know what the, for what that the hell. All the fair weather listeners, what yeah. the fuck? What are you talking about? It's like yeah, you don't listen to the end. There's a little bit at the end. If you stuck round, you listen to all the post credits. After that, Jane Miller re-enters the room. <laughs> he takes out of his pocket a pair of packs boxes. Sax boxes, sorry. Didn't get the name wrong. S A double X sax boxes. I know they're sax boxes because it made a great joke earlier in the episode, and only Benito heard it. What was it? Well, both of you and Jamie spoke over it. Yes. I was saying, does he bring new male employees in and tell them they're going to get the sax? Oh, I did hear that. Yeah. Well, you didn't laugh. Mm, in my head. Benito. Yeah, laughed. Benito laughed. Yeah, that's who I'm. That's who I'm aiming at anyway. Give him the sax. Right. Let's pop off, shall we? We may as well go. Although, you know, I feel like if we sit here and talk for longer, he'll. Come back in and <laughs> <With something else. laughs> there'll be other stuff. You know, be ashamed to miss that. But uh, yeah, I mean, Sorry, yeah. I'm having some more of this chutney. Yeah, you can eat some more of that chutney on the poppadom. Um, everyone else, you know, we'll see you on the next pod o cast Hello, I'm Lee Sanders, and if you've enjoyed this podcast, you might like my podcast, Cuddle Club. It's about cuddling, yes, but really it's just a way into relationships and asking cheeky questions like who was your mum's favourite and uh, when were you last unfaithful? Previous guests include Alan Davies, Ashley B, Catherine Mayan, Rich Dosman, Ed Gamble, Nish Kumar, and other legends. Get it on Acast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your all podcasts. And remember to CC everybody in if CC stands for Cuddle Club. 